so people, as I mentioned the other night, people can see a lot of signs out of town, a lot of detours. We apologize for the inconvenience, but um, this is how you become ISO one rated. This is how you get uh, and make sure your, your water and sewer uh, services are working right uh, and making sure that uh, infrastructure is maintained. Uh, I do want to give a quick plug to my predecessor, Jeff Nutting. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet at WFPR.FM and in the local Franklin area dial at 102.9. Here, it's Friday for another Talk Franklin session with our town administrator, Jamie Helen. Jamie, happy Friday. Happy Friday, Steve. Good to see you. Yeah, so it's always good to talk Franklin on a Friday with you, Jamie, because you can give us some insights that I'm sure the residents that care to listen, and we encourage that listening process, um, we'll, we'll, be, we'll benefit from because there's an awful lot going on. It's pretty much our busiest time of the year. I think, it, as you know, I'm a big football fan and regular listeners know I'm a football fan. I use a lot of football, football metaphors, terms. but if we're yeah. really in our playoff run here, you know, to the, uh, to the budget hearings in, in May. Uh, but the legislature is doing a lot of stuff up on Beacon Hill. Yeah. Um, Congress is very active right now. Um, you know, stuff that may not relate to the local communities, but still, this is really, you know, when the uh, legislative and um, uh, administrative branches kind of really are doing a tremendous amount of work. It's really one of our busiest seasons. Um, and as you know, you know, the municipal calendar gets a little more complicated once the 4th of July for summer hits. So, we all try to rush in and get a lot of things done, which is good. Uh, but it, right now, we've got a lot of great projects up in the air, and um, there's just a lot of things going on all over the place, which is uh, which is good. There is, yeah. And we'll d- jump right in, being mindful of your time and appreciative of those who are spending time listening. You had a major announcement that, from my point of view, obviously for those who are carefully listening, was coming. We knew it was coming. We weren't sure exactly when. Mm-hmm. But uniquely, it's nothing that either you specifically or the council actually needed to vote on. And yet the community benefits in a couple of ways. And that being the class one announcement that the yeah. Franklin Fire Department has achieved, achieved and now is in a special group, a, a unique uh, small contingent of folks in the country. I would even say microscopic. Microscopic, um, yes. You know, uh, so if folks didn't hear, the fire department um, was awarded this week a uh, what's called an ISO, uh, Insurance Service Organization, Class 1 rating. They are the Standard & Poor's, the Moody's, if you will, the rating agency that rates uh, public safety fire departments throughout the country as the uh, representative drove all the way here from Syracuse uh, to be there uh, on Wednesday, Joe. And as he noted, they do 40 over 45,000 fire departments in America. Just a few. And just a few. And the town of Franklin became only the 459th municipality in the country oh, to reach a class one status. Fast. Uh, yeah, but we always talk, we always m- metaphorically say the 0.1%, right? We always allude to it to convey the exclusivity of something that we're mm-hmm. talking about. 
Right. This is literally one where it is not a metaphor. It is the, it is literally, we are in the 0.01% uh, of, of uh, the best fire departments in America. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I think it's a little sobering to realize that we're only the 15th municipality in all of the Northeast uh, to get this, especially when all of those other departments with the exception of Foxborough um, are all major cities, you know, Boston, Portland, you know, the big Providence, you know, Worcester. I mean, all those cities in New Mm -hmm. England are in there. Um, And yet the town of Foxborough and the town of Franklin are the only two non-urban communities to get this designation. And, and I just got to say, you know, the chief the other night was modest about it. The chief of uh, the fire chief was in the audience from the town of Foxborough. Chief Kelleher runs a great department. He's a tremendous individual, mm-hmm. but we all know with Gillette stadium uh, in route one, uh, they have a little bit of an advantage baked in, which makes this kind of even more special. Yeah. Financially um, big difference. That, that it's just uh, it's a surreal experience to be honest with you. It, it just uh, we've been working on it for a long time. We knew it was there, but um, you know. And, and I think the other hidden, um, you know, obviously Chief McLaughlin and, and the battalion chiefs and the deputy chiefs had a lot to do with all this and the entire team. But I thought one of the other nice stories the other night was really how forty percent of that rating is really up to the town DPW water department. Correct. And, you know, really the victory here is going to be uh, with the emblem and the patch from the fire department. Um, but, um, you know, you, it really is impossible to get a class one rating without an exceptional uh, water department and an exceptional public works. And so most people are going to say, wow, that sounds fun. You know, here's the TA, you know, blabbering about something mm-hmm. good that they've done. And of course, that's what he's going to say. And most people, I, you know, since then say, well, what, 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 why do I care? Well, we're great. We have a great public safety department. We've always known that we've great, great firefighters and paramedics. We've high standards. Everybody in Franklin has to be a licensed paramedic, right? So mm-hmm. um, our standard is higher than a lot of other communities. Well, great. Financially for the homeowner, this is probably one of the biggest areas that a homeowner, a residential homeowner, average citizen listening to this podcast. And a business all, operating here. Too. And the business operators can uh, go to their insurance company and there's a link already on the Franklin Fire Department for the paperwork. Your insurer is going to say, give me the, the rating letter. Sure. And uh, the, the chief has put up a packet that any resident can go and take, download, email, PDF, um, and bring it to their homeowner's insurance immediately and ask them for a discount. I just happened to see somebody last Friday, um, who a week ago, who told me they already went and got a three and a half percent discount on their uh, property insurance in Franklin. Three and a half percent. I don't know what your homeowners insurance bill is, Steve. Um, but with costs rising and inflation and gas, and obviously we'll talk about stormwater in a minute with some other things. This is a really great example of a lot of things we do that actually try to save people money as well. Right. Uh, we're not just a government that keeps running up the bill. Uh, we're a government that also proactively tries to look for ways for uh, small business owners and residents to uh, to save. Great yeah. example. Yeah. Now, and to reinforce the point, I think on two uh, additional areas, clearly to you, I think some of your conversation there was, you know, we're always touting it. So now we have a comparative, a standard by which we can truly be compared as to be taught, part of the elite uh, and numerically as well. So that's good. 
Um, the second piece is, yeah, it's important from uh, the, in some cases we have to spend to save. Here, relatively speaking, there was no additional budget into the fire department in order to achieve this. You know, it was normal purchases, normal activities, maybe some additional training, but generally within the budget. And we do benefit the community at, from a fire safety perspective and financially, and especially with the rising costs. Generally, at least on my home insurance, it's always indexed upon the value of the house and the replacement value. So as those go up, the, the cost is going to go up and that percent thereby is going to be there and we're going to get the additional dollars for it. So, yeah, yeah we do have uh, time being scheduled. I don't have a date specific with the chief, et cetera, to talk about that. I ironically, the chief and I had sat down. It was the last interview I had done in the studio before the pandemic. <laughs> And the, then think the shutdown happened. We had a couple of interviews after, but his was the last one in person. So we're going to come back to that. And I know we're going to do some additional outreach to the communities. I'm sure you will be uh, and the chief and the fire department already have to make sure people are aware of this. It's something yeah. we need to take a little bit of action on. But then once we talk with insurance companies, they should be able to turn something around for us. So exactly. And I think, um, you know, I'm sure there'll be some, uh, there'll be a Wicked Local story, you know, they'll, I'm sure he'll do the podcast with you, Frank mm -hmm. TV, there'll be a variety of mechanisms to get it out. I, I mentioned it at the downtown partnership meeting yesterday. Yes. Um, and we'll continue to do that outreach. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can get as many people thinking about this stuff as possible um, and realize some savings in their pocketbooks when there's right. not really a lot of other as we all know, and it, it's, it's hard to watch, but there's just not a lot of other costs going down to the average homeowner. And no. here's a great opportunity to, to save some bucks mm -hmm. um, and yeah. something to hopefully have some, some community pride in. I mean, one of the things the chief mentioned the other night, um, which also doesn't get a lot of prime time, but we're, you know, I'm very proud of it. And I know our HR director is very proud of it, but you know, um, you know, the collective bargaining agreement that got done a few years ago, yes, uh, literally reformed the entire agency. We went all in um, mm -hmm. and the, the department was ready. The chief was ready. Uh, I was ready. The council was ready. Karen was ready. Everybody. Yep. And we made, I mean, we almost made an entire new agreement, basically, and structured the department. And one of the things I should uh, plug is that Training and professional development has been something that the uh, the town council in particular and through myself and the HR director, you know, really tried to promote at a much higher level. Um, and this goes for the police department as well uh, and the DPW. We've won awards uh, on our training programs with mm -hmm. uh, our insurance company, Maya, uh, on these things. And, and I think, you know, it, it's a, you know, we're the tortoise in the race, you know, in government, and it's a slow and steady operation, but it's really just phenomenal when you get to the top of that mountain like the other night. And, um, and, uh, and there's been a lot of years of work going into this at a slow and steady methodical rate mm -hmm. throughout the whole organization. Absolutely. And um, I mentioned the other night, you know, a great example is the police accreditation coming up. You know, the town has never been, although it would still be difficult. Uh, has never been in a position like we've been in to get a triple A bond rating. Um, and you can kind of go through the list of metrics 
and and uh, and here's you know some other great stuff uh, in addition to the ISO one uh, coming down the pike as well. But um, I'll let Chief McLaughlin and the listeners out there go into a lot more detail when you interview him, and um, and uh, hopefully we'll be doing some outreach throughout the whole summer. Probably hit the senior center uh, and do some other uh, tidbits like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fire department certainly with some nice shiny vehicles. It's always good to attract attention that way and. You know, whether it's a touch of truck here or there um, with Sparky around, uh, generates some children's attention and thereby the parents' discussion. So, yeah. They've always been an extroverted department, right? Because, yes. I mean, it's a longstanding history. And I know sometimes the folks on the blue team, they work really hard at this too. Right. Um, but, it, you know, the opening of the stations, uh, the, the giving out the junior helmets to kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, the outreach the fire department has done. And the chief mentioned this the other night. They've been reading in schools now for years. Sure. They've been going and doing the senior center visits. They've been yep. doing the carbon monoxide checks. They're doing inspections at an elite level. Um, you know, and so, uh, you know, all that stuff adds into it. So it's mm-hmm. really been a, a great team effort across the board. And I'm sure we touch on, we'll touch on that <laughs> from time to time as we go forward for other aspects of their operation, for sure. Not that we have left them out by any means, because they're yeah. they're certainly critical. <laughs> but one of the other uh, items on the council agenda, and we don't have to spend a great deal of time on it, because Tom and I talked about it, Tom Mercer, in our town council quarterbacking. But I think worthy of note was the council in their uh, oversight role for liquor licenses and all alcohol licenses. We had three unique opportunities, one a change of a location, one an alteration of premises, and one a net new piece. And as I think you and Tom announced, now we're sitting in a position where we have actually more restaurants operating than we did pre-pandemic. Now it's a couple big victories from this week. One, uh, obviously for Birchwood Cafe, which is wonderful for them. Uh, And obviously Poor Richards with their move. uh, Mm -hmm. It's great for them. I know know the Ann and the the family wanted to do that. And um, they're going to continue their extraordinarily creative uh, stuff over there. But also is... um, it's really the fact that, you know, as we come out of the pandemic, not only are we dealing with the ISO ones and police accreditation and all these other things we've been talking about, but we have more restaurants uh, licenses out in town than we've ever had. And that's a good sign. Um, and number two, um, it really speaks to uh, a three restaurant. It's really the first applicant under the new rules under the state for outdoor dining to have gone through the permitting process for a permanent outdoor deck. And um, I think you're starting to see uh, a lot of change. These are the kind of good things I think for the pandemic, you know, you're starting to see people get a little more creative. And, and I think uh, the business sector understands there's a large demand to be outside. Um, and I think that three has done a tremendous job uh, really uh, leading the torch on this, they've been um, they've been uh, at the front of the table uh, in the line the whole way through, being as innovative as you can, and, and they did it the right way. They worked with our police department on the concerns around the bollards and the shielding away from uh, minors potentially getting cocktails or something over the head. All mm-hmm. these different issues came up, and Steven's team up there have done an amazing job. And one yeah. thing I will say, I will gloat for one second. Um, one thing that he said the other night that really uh, always floors me and it makes you all of us feel great is he said, quote unquote, the town government is great. 
Yes. And, you know, I think that speaks to the support the councils have with outdoor dining and trying to work with each owner. We've spent a lot of time, Chrissy before, Alicia, Julie now, myself, the tech review team, Brian, mm-hmm. Amy, planning board. Um, there's some tougher parcels. They have land up there at three, but, um, you know, I know Bob Vazella at La Cantina and some others are going to be going for some other outdoor dining and you know, three is really paving the way on this and they've done a great job. So it's exciting to see them finally get their permits. And I look forward to hanging out outside on that patio as well. They're yes. going to be putting a bar out there, they said, all that stuff. Yeah. So it should be real fun. Yeah, it should be. I've I've been out there not as frequently as I like, but, you know, given the circumstances, <laughs> we at least were out there. And yeah, that's a cool place to be, especially on a Friday. So who knows? We could record <laughs> out there sometime. <laughs> that would be fun. Maybe, you know, we could get lunch and we'll do it out there. Sure. Yeah, I like that. Yes. And since you talked budget season, one of the things that are indirectly related to budget, uh, you provided an update to the council on the opera funds, the American Recovery uh, Plan mm-hmm. Act. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a boatload of money. Well, a half a boat, maybe, but there's some money coming our way. Yeah. Put the good yep, news. The town's uh, receiving a lot of money from the, you know, I, I say it just because people tend to not know the acronym. So it's the Joe Biden uh, federal stimulus from uh, 2021, mm-hmm. um, Congress as well, but obviously he signed the law and it was his proposal. And um, this is going to infuse uh, millions of dollars into public infrastructure for us. And, um, you know, one, it's going to kind of create a bridge to the stormwater utility, which we'll talk about in a minute, but um, for a million and a half bucks, but also uh a million and a half bucks towards water main replacements to continue our programs right now. Arlington folks may be seeing that country club drive this couple of the roads. We're starting the, the Jordan road <laughs> uh, project, which will probably be a legacy lifelong project for, for stuff like uh, for me, but, um, well, but eventually we're getting it started. Time, but I, we really got to do Jordan road sections at a time. There's a right, lot of complicated yeah. issues on Jordan road, but, yeah. uh, but it's exciting to finally get there. You know, we've been talking about these things for a long time and, and also of note, um, uh, so people, as I mentioned the other night, people can see a lot of signs out town, a lot of detours. We apologize for the inconvenience, but um, this is how you become ISO one rated. This is how you get uh, and make sure your, your water and sewer uh, services are working right, uh, making sure that uh, infrastructure is maintained. Uh, I do want to give a quick plug to my predecessor, Jeff Nutting. Um, and he always said, there's nothing like infrastructure to invest in at the local level. If at all default infrastructure, no mm-hmm. one opposes infrastructure. And he was right. There was unanimous support from the council. Uh, in addition to a mental health clinician, uh, the police department, our second uh, person through advocates, uh, people can go look at all the slides, uh, and all the information on the town budget page There's a whole link with all of our federal stimulus information. Um, so uh, it's exciting times. There'll be a lot of work, um, and we still expect to get more uh, funds in the next couple of years as well. Yeah, because I think in the big picture, I think it was, what, $10, $11 million total. Yep. You were getting some sets of funds. I think it was a million something each direct to the town, but then there were two buckets of, if I recall, $3 million each that are coming through the county, and that's where this is the first set uh, being submitted for, et cetera. So more to come on that front. And yeah, segue into uh, also in the legislation uh, for action Wednesday night were two key pieces. Um, the stormwater fee with its second and final approval, and then 
from a passport photo fee just to complete that full service package that's been talked about from time to time. So if somebody wants a passport, uh, if they haven't already got their photo, they don't have to leave and come back. I'm so excited about this. Maybe a little too excited. Um, as many people in town may remember, they used to be in the town clerk's office. And then the federal government said that they can't do them because it's a conflict of interest somehow. Then they didn't want to get rid of them because they're so popular. So Jeff took them up to our office. And when mm-hmm. I started here, they were down the end of the hall. Actually, they were in Lily's office. Passports were done in Lily's office. Okay. Um, and I'll never forget uh, uh, a, fam- uh, a family that uh, was of uh, Indian heritage, a couple with uh, two or three children in mm-hmm. strollers, one walking. Yeah. And he came in with the grandparents or the parents. You know, depending on who you were, I guess. But right. it came in. The whole family was eight folks. They were coming in to deal with their uh, their passport related issues and talk to our staff. And they didn't have photos. And they were taking a big trip back to uh, to India, um, and with the grandkids. And they all had to leave and come back. And I just felt for the mother so much. And the whole family they had to go all the way down the hallway. They were lost. They had to go down in the elevator, get back in the car, go down the street. And then they came back a week later. They had the photos. And I just thought to myself, why can't we just get a photo center to go with this? Sure. And we moved the passport kiosk downstairs, which is great for everybody. So you have to trudge all the way to the third floor with the elevators and stairs. And it was right there. And now we've created a full service passport center. So uh, anybody out there traveling or want to get updates or have questions, part-time staff are on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And we now can charge $10 per photo, which I believe is still less than down the street. And uh, it's the cost of service. And, um, you know, I'm just excited about it because we do customer service well in Franklin. It's a big deal. Uh, I'm a world traveler. You know that, Steve. And mm-hmm. to be able to give people the ability to have a professional down there and a full slate is actually kind of exciting. And I didn't realize this uh, until the pandemic was kind of waning. Um, It just like, for whatever reason, just there has been such an enormous increase in desires for passports. Sure, Uh, I'm sure there's reasons for that that we're not aware of to theorize with. But um, so it's a great service for the residents of the town to be able to come in and get all their stuff done. Um, Mine's not coming up for renewal for a while, but I'm in a good position there. But anybody who needs one, that's another option to consider. And then stormwater fee. I'm not sure if you want to mention anything more on that. Uh, that The only question I had there is, I think you said that was, well, certainly the opera funds were providing a bridge. So the first invoice to the residents is coming out in what? Sec- the FY23 or FY24? FY24. So the stormwater FY24. fee was enacted. It's a utility. It's a rate uh, payer fee. Um, uh, Dean College, um, you know, uh, all the commercial properties in town that have most of the impervious surface, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the ones that are going to pay this, just like the homeowners, no one's exempt. Um, You know, like people talk about places of worship, Dean College, schools, they're exempt from, um, you know, uh, property taxes, which is true under state law. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's exempt from this because well, they're all town, a user of the system. Yeah. Town and school budget, you have to include. Town and school budgets will have to include in there. Yep. Um, there are going to be credits, waivers for hardship. There's a variety of other mechanisms. 
Um, you know, but the important thing is, is that, um, you know, we're going to avoid any uh, penalties in the federal government. And it'll be set up like a utility, just like water, sewer, and refuse. Um, the costs will ebb and flow over the course of the program to clean up the Charles River. Um, but I think the most germane issue is, is that, um, you know, when people are going to complain about taxes or fees going up, you know, I don't think there's anybody who's, who's asking for them to really go up by a lot all the time. We know that the majority of the public is looking to contain costs. Um, but what I want to emphasize to everybody is this is not a punitive thing to people. Ultimately, it's a federal unfunded mandate. But just as importantly, none of the money goes to Congress or D.C. None of the money goes to Beacon Hill. It stays right here in Franklin, just like your water and sewer. And so when mm -hmm. we're talking about all these other deliverables of ISO-1 and how everybody relates to what and the water department and Beaver Street Interceptor and all these big projects, it's really an investment in your community's infrastructure. It's really an investment in flood mitigation. It's an investment in cleaner water. All of our drinking water comes from underground. Um, and so... This is really ultimately an investment in the quality of life of your community. You know, I respect everybody's different opinions on it, but I think with the course of the meeting, I think as we've talked about this, Steve, you've been a part of it. It's been four years talking about the MS4 permit, maybe five. And then it's really been stormwater for 15 years in Franklin, uh, back to the bylaw um, that set out uh, the new standards back in the mid 2000s. Mm -hmm. Town of Franklin is known as a regional to um, nationwide leader on this issue, putting in one of the first bylaws back in the mid 2000s. Uh, we've been way ahead of the curve and this allows us to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah, I think coincidentally it started in 2007, 2008, back when I started doing this as well. So I've yeah. been here in Stonewater all the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, and at least from a residential perspective i've got a rain barrel so i'll be able to get a credit as you've heard and i'm sure anybody who's watched the meetings they've heard i gotta replace my driveway at some time rather than putting asphalt in there i'm waiting to find out which of the pavers will apply and i'll consider that i mean if i can put it in a paver and save some money i might as well it's, and it's, you know and i think that that's still one of the things that uh, brutus said it at the meeting where you know people said well, where's the book on credits and stuff and he basically came up with a crafty response and said, mm. well, wait a minute, I can't really get into that until I know that there's a commitment from the town to move forward with this and this fee. Right. Um, and I think as technology advances, he's right. I mean, I think in a year from now, when the credit manual comes out or six months from now, it's going to be different than what it would have been if we had this prepared three years ago. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, that's really change. good for the yeah. citizens. It's going to continue yeah. to change. And we yeah. are going to try to incentivize the rain barrels um and the pavers and, and some uh less impervious surface so so all in all uh, a successful week and um we just thank everybody for listening and just a couple of heads ups uh clearly on the schools side school committee meetings throughout the week i've got a separate post to tout that school committee both votes on their budget mm -hmm. tuesday uh you've got what the edc meeting pre the town council meeting on wednesday Got an EDC meeting at 5.45 on Wednesday that is going to go through a couple of amendments to um, the parking violations to help some of the citizens on West Street. Okay. We're doing some additional striping in some key areas um, to make sure people know where there's no parking. 
uh, as well as uh, looking at one of the issues that has cropped up uh, over the last year on just on Main Street and the Central Street, a potential zoning change to the hours of parking regulations on the main business corridor that's there. So there'll be two uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good topics on the EDC meeting and for the council. Um, you know, that are generally coming out, but the most notable thing will be a continuation of the discussion at last week's EDC meeting of the downtown uh, MBTA requirements. There's a requirement that we have to have a public presentation of what the MBTA regulations are. I expect that to be a lively topic. I'm sure we'll give them the, the we run out of time on the other night. So yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some pent up questions, et cetera. Um, legislative forum also on Thursday night where our legislation delegation uh, was a school's focus, but it's uh, important of interest. And then I know there's going to be some additional ones, but there's a discussion forum at the senior center on Tuesday, the 12th at six uh, with the new directors and assistant director there looking to get some input into how they're going to continue to enhance the services. And the other important thing next week is the calf opens. April 11th, let's end off with some food. April 11th, our new chef uh, down at the senior center, Ann, uh, we're looking forward to her. Uh, for those that follow Instagram, you can see some of what she's been cooking up. Those try out in the new kitchen. The pizzas looked, it was a little, it was like, it was like dough with toppings, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, some of them were getting really excited. So uh, we're really excited to have you in. So you're whetting my appetite, but I know you're going to run. So we'll close it for this. Now one. we're really all starving. <laughs> lunchtime, so. well, Steve, have a great weekend. Thanks. Absolutely. Well, thank you for taking time to uh, do this. And for the folks listening, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.